this is the Empowering Health Podcast. If you're a female living with type 1 diabetes and you care about your health, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Balog, and I specialize in helping women just like you navigate all things nutrition, exercise, sleep, and blood sugars so you can feel confident and in control in your body and your life with T1D. Let's go. Welcome back to the pod and in today's episode I want to talk to you about a very important topic which is basal insulin and not only just basal insulin but how to basal test and what is basal testing and why is it important and why should you do it because everyone should do basal testing. So starting from the very beginning just a quick recap of what basal insulin is. So basal insulin refers to either your long acting insulin if you are on multiple daily injections or if you use an insulin pump then it is referring to the background insulin settings which runs 24 hours a day in small increments. So basal insulin is there to do a few things. So in your body without type 1 diabetes, so before you were diagnosed and everything was still working properly, between meals, your body would produce insulin to cover the steady flow of glucose that your liver would release into your bloodstream at all hours of the day to keep your energy levels up. So this is the closest process this what is happening in your body is the closest process to what we would call basal insulin it's technically the background base insulin that is going on obviously we haven't quite matched the synthetic insulin or the way that we give it to the natural processes of the body but this is the next best thing that we have available As I mentioned before, in insulin pumps, we call it basal insulin because tiny amounts of short-acting insulin are dispensed every hour of the day continuously. Whereas when you're taking insulin via injections, long-acting insulin acts as the basal insulin. And this acts slightly differently than basal insulin in a pump because the insulin is given in a large bolus at once, either once or twice daily. And the insulin has a slow release in the body over two to 24 hours. So this is what we call a long-acting insulin and it is long acting so that you only have to take maybe one or maximum two injections a day to cover all of your basal needs. So how do you know how much basal insulin your body actually needs? Well, the answer to that is that you don't exactly know just from you know, there's no way to actually tell specifically how much you need. The best way to tell is to do some testing. And that is what basal testing is all about, because there are some guidelines you can follow based on your age, your height, your gender, your life stage. Like, are you going through puberty? Are you pregnant? These kinds of things. But it's always just a guideline. It's the same as any other guideline. It's very generalized and it's not going to give you the best possible outcome especially when we're talking about the hormone insulin that is so hard to dose as it is and it's such a fine line between causing a high or a low blood sugar that we want to be as accurate as possible and using just a guideline is not a very specific or correct way to do things it's not going to get you that best result that you're after when you're first diagnosed they of course in hospital uh, will set up your insulin needs based on a sliding scale and based on these guidelines. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing at that point is just to get some kind of insulin into your body that is going to reduce your blood sugars to a somewhat healthier level than what you would have been diagnosed at. And that is the main point there. 
from there, ideally you will be making adjustments as needed so that you can find that balanced point, which we all aim for with our blood sugars. It's easier said than done. But the idea is that you don't just stay where they put you because that is the worst thing that you could possibly do. It's not going to give you, again, those results that you're after with your blood sugars. So basal testing gives you the baseline, which is it's, you know, that is why they call it basal testing. It is the baseline, which will act as your control with the remainder of any other just adjustments you make to your insulin. So for example, the insulin that you take for your food, the insulin that you take to bring down a high blood sugar. If your basal insulin isn't set up correctly, then everything else will become a random act and you won't be able to figure out why you are going high, low, and all over the place. You won't have that consistency of blood sugars that we all want. We want that consistent day after day, somewhat similar blood sugars so that we know what's going on because that is often the you know, the way that we describe type 1 diabetes in the community is that type 1 diabetes is random, it's relentless, it's impossible to figure out, diabetes is just going to diabetes, all of these things. It's just not the case, but it can feel that way. And it really does feel that way when your base settings aren't correct and you don't know how to even fix them, then you will constantly be running around like a headless chicken trying to get some kind of normality in your day. But every day, every moment, every hour is going to look different because you don't have that control, which is your base settings, your basal settings correct. That being said, basal testing is the most important test of them all because it forms your base for future insulin adjustments and allows you to see what your blood sugars do when other factors aren't at play. Like for example, food or exercise. And that is really going to make your life so much easier when it comes to getting blood sugars that you want. So we want better blood sugars and we want things to be more consistent. Okay, but then how do I actually do that? And the answer to that is we're not taught how to do that. I don't know about you, but the majority of the people I see in the T1D community, the you know general vibe and the clients that I work with tell me and the whole reason why I do what I do the whole reason I have this podcast the reason why I run my Instagram the reason why I have my business of coaching T1Ds is because we are not taught the skills that we need to be taught in order to manage our blood sugars the best we are simply given insulin and we are told to go off on our merry way show up for appointments but we're never really taught how to manage our blood sugars we are just taught we are taught we are taught to just trust professionals with our care, with our health needs, and that we just go to the professionals to tell us what to change. And they don't explain why a lot of the time. Again, this is a generalization. There are plenty of professionals out there who do teach their clients properly, but the majority of them don't. And so if you're listening to this and you're finding that you're struggling with getting your blood sugars under control, the chances are that you have not been taught all these basics of basal testing and a bunch of other fundamental things that you need to understand in order to manage your blood sugars better. So I've got this podcast episode because it's so fundamental. Everyone needs to know about this. So realistically, you have to start with the basics. It's not fun. It's not easy, but it's absolutely empowering and a necessity for better control for you. So what you need to do is start to put in the work that I'll teach you in this episode a little bit about and I will also refer you to some resources you can use that I also give to my clients and I also 
provide for you guys if you want it. And if you start to put the work in, you will absolutely see changes and start to feel better about your management and just feel more in control and more empowered. And between appointments, every single day, you're going to feel more and more like you are in control of your blood sugars and that you don't need to rely on outside sources, whether that's T1D technology or your professionals that you see, your medical professionals that you regularly see in order to get those blood sugars that you want. Like I said, we need to do basal testing. We need to test that our basal settings are correct. And if they're not, we need to make adjustments. So a basal test is like an experiment. All good experiments need to have a control for them to give the most trustworthy results, right? So when you do a basal test, you need to make sure that you control as many factors as I explained earlier things like exercise, whether you are stressed, whether you are going through a certain life stage, maybe it's your uh, period coming up next week. You want to be able to control as many of these factors as possible. Obviously, some of them you can't. You can't control your gender. You can't control your age, things like that. But there is plenty that you can. And if you can control as many of these as possible, you are going to get the best, most trustworthy results of your basal testing. And that is going to allow you to adjust your insulin settings as correctly as possible, which will give you the best blood sugars as possible. So if basal tests are done incorrectly or they're not done at all, you will basically set yourself up for failure because your insulin settings are going to be incorrect. This is going to lead to those inconsistencies that we spoke about and that you might be experiencing right now. So basal testing can be done at home, by yourself, as long as you stick to the rules and the guidelines that I'm going to talk about. And you don't need to ask anyone for permission to do this. Obviously, if you are under the age of 18, I'd recommend having a caregiver present and you know you can consult with your prof- uh, medical professionals but at the end of the day they should have been teaching you how to do this in the first place so you can ask them for some guidance and I definitely recommend that you have a parent or guardian with you if you're under the age of 18 but either way if you feel like you need support get support with you but work through it together and you can definitely do this on your own you've decided you need to do basal testing how do you actually do it I'm going to explain it don't worry so Number one, you're going to check your blood sugar at the start of the test via a finger prick or a CGM, but I would definitely make sure it is calibrated and accurate. If you're getting random readings compared to a finger stick with your CGM, then I would not be using it and just go back to old school blood sugar finger pricks because it's going to give you the most accurate results. And if you're going to go through the process of doing a basal test, it's best you may as well just you know just do it just do the finger pricks it's not going to be that long and it's worth it to get the correct results so that's number one number two if the blood sugar is not too high or not too low you can proceed with the test number three during the basal test if you're not using a cgm you want to check your blood sugar with the finger prick every single hour so once you've started that basal test every hour you're going to check that blood sugar And number four, your tests can last as long as you're comfortable to fast for. Fasting means no food and nothing except for water in terms of liquids. 
We don't want to be taking in any calories because any kind of food, whether it's just a low carb food, whether it's just a fat or just a protein will affect your blood sugars, whether it's short term or long term. So no food, that's what fasting is. And so you can do each basal test for as long as you are comfortable to fast for, but four to eight hours generally is what I would recommend. It's what most people can manage. So for example, if you want to test the overnight basils, you would want to check between say 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. would be a good window, or even just from when you go to sleep till when you wake up will generally be a good amount of time. If you are fasting for longer periods, you can generally end up with some ketones and some other processes that will affect your blood sugar because your body will start to think that you are not getting food in anytime soon. So you want to make sure you don't overdo it. So I'd say maximum eight to 10 hours. So then number five would just be repeat the basal test in each time frame twice for the best results. Now, when I was speaking about starting the basal test and what your starting blood sugar should be, we're talking about just staying within that somewhat adequate range of blood sugars. So not low, obviously, and not too high. And now when I say too high, that is very ambiguous and everyone's going to have a different perspective of that. But what we generally say is not below 4.4 and that is millimole per liter and that is 80 mgdl. I would not be starting a basal test underneath that number. And I would also not be starting a basal test at anything over 13.9 millimole a liter, or that is also 250 mgdl. If you are below or above these numbers, it was not a good time to start a basal test because the numbers that you get are going to be less and less accurate as you go along. And you've got more important things to do at that point, which is either A, treat a hypo, or number two, get some insulin in. So I would not be starting a basal test with any of those numbers. So essentially what you're doing is you're getting data every hour. So if you do have an accurately reading CGM, by all means use that, but make sure it's accurate. You don't want it to be out by more than like one millimole or that is uh, 18 mgdl because you're, again, you're wanting the most accurate results, right? So again, if you can, then the hardest part for doing finger pricks will be the overnight ones. Um, so if you can get an accurate reading CGM for that, fantastic. Otherwise, you just kind of have to grit your teeth and bear it. Um, and you can, yeah, at max, you could probably stretch it out to maybe two hours between finger prick readings so that you can get a good idea of what's going on. But every hour would be best. So once you've done that and you've got your data and you've got eight hours or 10 hours worth of data, then you can sit back and you can look at that data and start to make adjustments. So we're looking at things like, is your blood sugar falling more than 1.7 or 1.7 millimole or 30 mgdl during that basal test? If it is, it means your basal rate is too high. You're getting too much insulin if you are dropping more than that amount. Whereas on the other side of things, if your blood sugar is rising more than that amount, so 1.7 millimole or 30 mgdl during that basal test, then that means the basal rate is too low. So you are not getting enough insulin. So once you've got that information, then it's time to make some adjustments. So you will make some tweaks to your insulin and all of these things I'm talking about, they will they are in a guide that you can grab from me. I'm going to put it in the show notes. So don't freak out if you're trying to take notes here and there's way too much for you to remember. I will provide you with a resource at the end, actually a few resources that you can use to 
to actually do this basal test and be able to improve your blood sugars. So again, you're going to make some adjustments and then you need to repeat that basal test a few times. Make sure that the adjustments you've made are working and you want to make sure that the adjustments are made a few hours prior to when you see that blood sugar result because insulin does take a while to kick in and have its peak time, then that is something to consider as well. Now, there are a bunch of conditions you need to meet in order to have this basal test work appropriately. Number one was that starting blood sugar. Another one would be making sure you don't you haven't had a hypo in the last four hours, making sure you aren't sick or overly stressed, making sure you aren't on your period or the week before. So there's a bunch of these conditions. Again, it'll be in the resources that I provide you. So make sure you read through those, make sure you understand exactly how to perform a basal test before you start and have this in front of you throughout the whole process so that you don't waste a bunch of energy and time performing a basal test that you then can't use. That is my biggest piece of advice is make sure you read everything, understand it and all of that. And then there's also times when you need to cancel a basal test, unfortunately, halfway through or at any point, if you go low or if you go overly high, then it's best to just cancel it have a hyper treatment or take insulin, whichever one you need to do. And then you can restart it either later in the day or on another day, depending on the time frame you're working on. So as I mentioned, there is a few resources I can provide you to start this journey of improving uh, testing your basal settings and to improve your blood sugars and they are going to be in the links below number one is my basal basics guide i literally made this exactly for this reason guys i produced this guide for you it's completely free you can grab it at the link in the show notes and it is going to help you from A to Z, how to complete a basal test with all of the information I just provided, plus a bunch more with all of the conditions you need to meet in order to do a basal test properly. It also will give you the understanding of how to make adjustments and so on so that you can complete this test and improve your blood sugars. And that's the first place to start. Number two resource is my better bolusing guide, which does include the information about basal testing, but it also gives you the whole comprehensive list of fundamentals that you need to meet in order to improve your blood sugars even more because basal testing is the first pillar but the next few pillars you're talking about bolus testing you're talking about improved settings and control in terms of the way that you adjust your insulin around exercise the way that you adjust your insulin around different types of food different drinks because there's so many different factors to improving your blood sugars long-term. It's not just the one insulin setting, but basal testing does take up a huge proportion of it. So once you've tackled the basal settings and the basal testing, then you absolutely should move on to bolus testing and sharpening those skills around managing exercise and different types of food and different types of scenarios and settings and stress in order to keep up leveling the blood sugars, because there's always ways to improve. And these are the most comprehensive and the most fundamental guides that I have to offer you at a very low price. So the basal basics guide, as I mentioned, is completely free. The better bolusing guide, which is super comprehensive, is only $27 Australian dollars. And so if you want to get your hands on two things that are going to completely up level your blood sugar management, then those two are a must. So you can grab them at the link in the show notes. Let me know what you think. Say hi over on Instagram at the T1D nutritionist. Let me know how you go with all of it and I hope you have a good day. See ya.
If this podcast has inspired you and you're ready for change, you can apply to work with me by clicking the link in the show notes or go to empoweringhealth.com.au and click apply for coaching. If you like this episode, please leave a five-star review and share it with other T1Ds you know so I can continue to help others. You can also find me on Instagram at the T1D Nutritionist and I'll catch you in the next episode.